Dolomiti Sound Stories Sono Alessandro Gruzza, sono fotografo naturalista e anche editore. I'm Alessandro Gruzza, I'm a nature photographer and a publisher, born and raised in front of the Dolomites, which are, in a way, my backyard. I'm not talking about just my actual house, but also regarding my job, as the Dolomites are deeply involved in my work. I'm really passionate about photography. I've been a professional photographer for 10 years, but I have a very technical background in engineering. I worked many years first as an employee, then as entrepreneur. Inside me, however, I've always had a very deep love for nature, which over time has grown stronger and stronger, up to a point in which it was no longer possible to ignore it. That's when I decided to leave my secure and stable job, a role full of certainty, but in which I was not well. To choose my path, I chose to take an unbeaten path, like when you're in the woods, here in the Dolomites, when you go up all the way, and then you choose a path that is not beaten, and it's yours. Since I made that choice, of course, with all the difficulties involved, I became free, because it's something authentic that comes from yourself. And now, after many years, I'm a full-time photographer. With my photographs, I really try to convey more than a sense of beauty, a message that comes from the very voice of these extraordinary mountains. The Dolomites are my playground, the garden where you can connect with nature, connect with who we are in the end. When I go outdoors, I can say that I feel like you could say I'm somebody's guest. Walking slowly, with an open heart, even on tiptoe at times, all this comes from a deep respect and from the relationship that's created with what surrounds you. For me, photography often means waiting, patience, coming back to the same places many times. There are some spots where I've been something like 50, 100 times, I guess. I've seen them in all conditions. But the wonderful thing about nature, about the landscape, is that it changes every time, depending on weather, on the time of the year. Here in the Dolomites, every season has its colors, its lights, its shades, its magic. It's like a dialogue. The dialogue is what I try to communicate with my photography. Lavorare in un rifugio alpino che lavora tendenzialmente solo d'estate come nel mio caso. Working in an alpine mountain refuge that only really works during the summer, which is our case, means 
A bit like having two parallel lives. One in altitude, because working up there really means moving to live in between the mountains. And the other life is one which is a, a return to the valley life, the daily routine and the comfort also that life in the valley offers. Living in a refuge really means adapting to a life where nature is the real leader and where we try in some way to adapt to it and to somehow survive. In some aspects, you also realize how present man is in these territories, despite the fact that they are pretty unexplored. You notice slowly how the sounds of our presence here are really out of place sometimes, and how much those natural sounds, when you hear them, give that sense of peace and tranquility that we have forgotten to look for. An example amongst these is on those days when there are those unusual events for which the Dolomite roads are closed to all traffic and you can only get around by bike. What happens to those like us that live in a refuge and we are pretty close to one of these mountain roads? We immediately notice that there is something odd. The sounds are different. The motorcycles, the cars aren't around for a while. And the sound is really different. If it's true that the motors aren't around, there is a soft noise that just and only comes from the bikes on the tarmac. And we only notice this during the closure of the roads, but above all, after they are reopened. Because suddenly the engines invade the spaces again, and of course they immediately hit our ears. The feeling is really like an explosion almost verging on annoying up to the point in which we naturally get used to them again, very quickly. And this makes us think about noise pollution and, and how much our presence, in terms of noise, is cumbersome. I'm Harald Vistala, I'm a photographer, and I live in Varsaco, a small town near San Candido in Valpusteria in the Trecime area. I'm 37 years old, and I've been a professional photographer for more than 15 years. Right now we're here on a small road that I often take in the morning to take my son to school. From there you can see the Punta Trescarpieri, which is the highest peak in this area. From this area you can also see the Banchi, a very beautiful mountain, in my opinion. From the front it seems quite easy, however, looking at it from behind, from the Trecime, 
you can clearly see that it's a mountain with many different structures. In the morning, you can observe the Alpen glow, which is truly red. Then the color changes towards gray, which gives structure at every hour. Every day, the mountain is different, even seen from the photographer's eye. In my opinion, people are no longer able to enjoy the moment. Most people go to the mountains just to take a selfie, to post it on Instagram. And they've already seen 3,000 photos of that point. So they go there, take a picture and leave. They don't even see what's around the corner, what's 20 meters to the right. And they're not even willing to do so. They just want to visit that place that they've already seen 3,000 times on Instagram. And that, I think, is really sad. Because if you live in a place like this, and if you go to a place that you've already seen on social media, just to take the same picture, in my opinion, you've already made a mistake. If I post a picture of a place on social media, I never use the geotag. And if someone asks, where is that? I say, look, it's in Valpusteria. But you'll have to explore also the rest of the area, if not forget it. I do so for the same reason as I explained before. Otherwise, everyone just goes there to take that picture and doesn't see anything else. And this just doesn't make any sense to me. Surely digital technology and social media have changed everything. It's like when you meet someone on Monday morning, for example, and ask them, what did you do during the weekend? And if he or she replies, didn't you see it on Instagram? That's it. That's the end of the conversation for me. If you want to tell me about it, okay, otherwise just don't, you know what I mean? If I go out for a coffee or to eat something, and someone sits down and puts his smartphone on the table, it's not like he has much intention of talking to me. What if someone texts? What's happening outside? And I'm like, can't we just enjoy that moment together? Can't we just hold on to it? There's a picture of Lionel Messi playing the first match. It was a few weeks ago. And you can see from it that everyone in the stands had their smartphone in their hands. David Beckham was the only one without it, so the headline was like, OK, Beckham enjoys it for real while everyone else watches through their smartphone. And that, in my opinion, was an accurate picture of our population of the current times we live in. Now with all these social networks, we try to keep track of every single moment, everything we're doing. Everyone should think a little more before taking a picture, and it'd be very interesting to discuss this as a topic. I mean, what I should or what I shouldn't do, that's what I think. As a middle mountain guide, I like to encourage the people to move, to take them further up, not on the low trails, but to take them high, 
in altitude, and then to tell them a bit of history, the mountains, and they like that. I see that people are always more sure of themselves in a group. And then they don't have to always look at a map. They follow you and watch you. <laughs> in June and September, the experts arrive. In July and August, people that don't know the mountains come. And because of that, we have enormous groups in that period. Because they don't know much. They follow you. And the good thing is that they always say, let's go for a walk. It's not a walk, it's an excursion. And then you have to explain the difference. The ground, the height, the difficulty when you are on these paths with steps, roots, rocks. They aren't used to walking on this type of ground, you know? Today we are in Val Fiscalina and our excursion will go up to the bottom of the valley and then we will go on to the Comici mountain refuge. We have our Meridiana right in front of our nose and we can see the 10th, the 11th, the 12th and the 1st peaks. The Sesto Meridiana is a chain of mountains and it's called Meridiana because, at the time, the farmers used the sun to get directions. The sun would pass over the mountains and they could say roughly what time it was. Once you get to the Comici refuge, you can do a lovely trail around Peak 1 that takes you to the Pian di Genja at the Locatelli and then you come back into the wide valley. Taking a photograph, photos graffè, it literally means writing with the light, drawing with the light. One of the most wonderful aspects of it for me is that I often find myself going against the grain. Like people usually go to the mountains, rightly, with good weather from morning to evening. Instead, I very often go to the mountains on bad weather days from the evening to the morning because it's right there on the line between night and day that Mother Nature often reveals herself with the most beautiful lights or the most majestic views. And it's actually there that the very voice of the Dolomites can be heard. It's a voice that you can hear and feel strongly, in my opinion, precisely in these moments, so I try to make people live this experience. So going out at slightly peculiar hours and you listen to the elements of nature, and then photography comes later. Of course, there's also the photographic technique part, but first there's you. It's you behind the camera. 
I recommend everyone to sleep in a lodge, for example, to stay out at night, to stay at high altitudes, to go out in the evening, at night, at dawn, in the morning. This kind of experience gives you a lot. I've seen many people, especially foreigners, who arrive here from all over the world and are awestruck by the beauty of this place, these mountains, even at midday, on a cloudy day. Then I take them in different light conditions or when the night is about to turn into day. And that's when you really realize that man and nature are intimately interconnected. It sounds like a cliché, I know, but it's actually true. The well-being of one is strongly linked to that of the other. We are nature. It's easier to feel and acknowledge this connection with the Earth in certain light conditions, for example, between sunset and dawn. Perhaps during the day, along the crowded and noisy valley, it is more difficult to recognize this relationship with the Earth. Guarda noi here we have winter, autumn and summer. Instead, there isn't really spring anymore, because it could be that on day 10 it still snows, and then on day 12 it's around 20 degrees Celsius. Real spring, in my opinion, no longer exists. For example, even May is the worst month here, because there is no more snow, but it isn't green either, and the flowers haven't started to bloom yet. Instead, autumn is beautiful. Everything changes, becomes red again. There are the larches and everything else. That's certainly the most beautiful season to go hiking, for example, even if there isn't much daylight. That's definitely a disadvantage, but I still think this is the most beautiful time of the year because of its colors and so on. Summer is beautiful because everything turns green, but for me the most fascinating period is from September to November, when everything becomes colorful. That is beautiful. The Dolomites are a natural wonder, located in a heavily anthropized area in the middle of Europe, therefore extremely crowded. In the last few years in particular, it has become very, way too popular. Personally, 
I seek this contact with nature, with silence, also with peace. And there are certain periods of the year in which sometimes you find yourself in a very different situation. But there's also the magic, the beauty. This is such a varied area. It's an archipelago of many mountain groups that with a minimum of effort, you can find yourself in silent and also peaceful places, you could say. On the other hand, the anthropic impact is very strong. In some areas of the Dolomites, in my opinion, it went beyond the limits of respect for the territory itself. So it's always a matter of finding a balance between the exploitation of the territory, mainly for tourism, and preserving it. Like the fable of the goose that laid the golden eggs, you aim at the golden eggs as they bring sustenance and well-being. But on the other hand, you still have to take care of the goose. So my work is aimed at taking care of the very essence of this beauty. So from my point of view, I often see that's what's missing, this respect and also this sense of gratitude for the beauty that we have here. On the other hand, I also see that there's more and more sensitivity and a real desire to be close to nature. This is also increasingly widespread, not experiencing nature like you're at an amusement park, but really experiencing it. And I think this is a kind of awareness that will keep growing more and more in the future. This straight one, the little foggy one, this would be peak number 12. Then on the right, the steep one, where you see the birds now, this is peak number one. And going to the left, there's peak 11, peak 10, peak 9. This means that in the summer, the sun at around 10 o'clock is higher than peak 10. At 1 p.m., it is higher than peak 1. Basically, it's the largest sundial in the world because it appears with the sun. Working in a refuge at these heights and in the middle of this landscape that is already privileged by itself because the wonders are really visible to all helps you reconnect a bit with nature. As much as our presence here is very strong, there are those moments in which it's really worth all the hard work. Getting up in the morning to make the breakfast for our guests can be an effort well paid. When we see outside those incredible colours of the sunrise, in the same way the sunset is that moment in the day in which all of the stuff together with the guests, if the weather permits, goes up to the terrace and 
enjoys the moment. The colors light up and the memories stay put and help forget a bit all the troubles of the day that obviously exist, the mess-ups, our daily events. But luckily, there are always the solutions. The moment in which each one of us takes time for a bit of alone time is also equally important. We spend the whole day and also share rooms with the other workers. The spaces are small, also because we are essentially on the top of a rock, so time for yourself is something that you must work hard to find. I find it particularly enjoyable going outside when it's dark and when almost all of the guests have gone to bed, the workers too, or they are getting ready to. It's a beautiful starry night and you can see the Latian way. It happens above all in August that you can admire a falling star or two. And that's the moment in which you take in the peace also up there. Even after so many other people, even thousands, that have also enjoyed that same beauty, to feel the tranquility of the evening, to hear maybe the sheep in the valley and the sound of the cows in the evening, really helps feel that sense of peace around you that here at 2,500 meters is particularly fulfilling. Photography is the best way I've found to communicate this message. It could have been the pen, it could have been the chisel, it could have been a brush, depending on the kind of art that you make. I make art through photography. More precisely, it's a tool. So the real purpose is not a beautiful photo. Maybe it was at the beginning. Now instead I go to the mountains, enjoying the journey. I get the chance to take a beautiful picture, it's even better but it's really a tool to convey the message. Dolomiti Sound Stories is a voice production for Dolomiti Superski. Narrator voices, Margherita Menardi and Ulrike Innerkofler. Director Gianluca Stazzi and Paolo Barberi. Original music Gianluigi Gallo. Sound and post-production Gianluca Stazzi. Editing and additional post-production Alessio Abeli. Editorial support Elisa Cozzolino. Producers Andrea Maltagliati and Giovanna Surace. English dubbers Beth McCritton and Marco Quaglia.